Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Good day to tune into our program today. We're talking about real estate, real estate for investors, primary residents, second homes, investment property, and today, commercial real estate is our focus. With me in the studio, Lisa Marie Wand from the Lisa Marie Wand Group and EXP Commercial Realty will be joining us. Also in the studio, Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva from Sage International. Real estate sounds pretty easy to a lot of people. You know, when you're buying primary residence or maybe a second home, it's one deal, you get it done, you move in, and you enjoy. When you talk about commercial real estate, it's a whole different world. We're going to talk about some of those details and complexities later on the show. We will also talk about the median sales price for primary residents here in northern Nevada. The stats have just arrived from the Sierra Nevada Real Estate Group and Dan Ryder from Colville Banker Select. We'll have those details and more after this quick message. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill the Wealth Protection Diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International the most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. What a great day to listen to a radio show talking about real estate. With me in the studio today, I have two lovely ladies, and we are talking about the world of commercial real estate. First in the studio, we have Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva from Sage International. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Peter. You have done a lot of commercial deals in your world, but you're not in the real estate world. You're not in the lending world. Sherry, tell our listeners how you work with the commercial real estate world. Well, as most commercial investors realize, they never hold title in their personal name. So I form a lot of limited liability companies, sometimes series LLCs, depending on, you know, where the real estate is held, who's involved in purchasing the real estate. Oftentimes it's a group. And so just making sure that everyone is protected as far as our assets go, making sure the real estate, because if it's commercial, it usually has tenants, things like that, that everyone walks away feeling good because they can sleep at night knowing that investment has uh, asset protection around it. And it sounds, Sherry, like many times it's not just one buyer, one investor. When there's multiple people involved, I would imagine you have to make sure that you're balanced in the way that you care for each party involved with the transaction. Absolutely. And so oftentimes, you know, when people are stepping up and they're buying shopping centers or apartment complexes or, as Lisa Marie will tell us, you know, she's working on a big deal right now in storage units. Typically, it's more than one purchaser. And so just making sure they're all structured Uh, in a way that down the road, if one wants to exit, one wants to 1031, they're not all smushed into one entity, and then it becomes uh, not so much fun. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so the complications are there. 
uh, real estate is not as easy as it used to be. No more writing deals on a napkin and then getting it recorded. It, there's a lot of moving parts, and that's why it takes a real team of pros to make deals happen, especially when we work into the com- commercial real estate side. That's why Lisa Marie Wand is with us. Welcome to our show, Lisa thanks, Marie. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Uh, I see a lot of your activity on the social media world. You keep a lot of people up to date on what's happening with the real estate world when it comes to commercial. But for the listeners that don't know about you, Lisa Marie, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. I've been in Reno since 2001, and I actually started my real estate career when I landed here. I purchased a real estate brokerage in downtown Reno, and then that was more years ago than we'd like to say. And I found that my true love was in commercial real estate, working specifically, you know, I have two types of clients, um, one that Sherry works with, which is investors, and then I also work with business owners. Mm -hmm. And the difference between, people ask me a lot, what's the difference between residential real estate and and commercial real estate? Residential real estate is usually about the person. How much money can they borrow to buy their dream home or their second home or an investment property? In the commercial world, it's about the property. So we underwrite the property, not the person, and that is the huge difference. So there's not a lot of emotion, like, oh, I don't like that shag carpet or that paint. It's about what's the return on this investment and how's it gonna help my portfolio overall. Yeah, so when I talk to Sherry about uh, buying businesses, selling businesses, it's all about the business itself, the cash flow, if you will. And you're right, it takes the emotion out of buying a property because you're not really buying it to live in, to show it off to your friends, to entertain. It's a place where you do business, where you actually grow your empire, if you will. And when you are looking to buy a business, there are a lot of different factors. I wouldn't imagine that the view is quite as important on commercial property as it is on residential. It's still location, 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 as far as um, an investment or purchasing a location for your business. So Mm -hmm. one of my clients recently owns a very successful sushi restaurant in Reno. They're looking to acquire something else. And so they're going to want some visibility. So in commercial real estate, we're looking at the aerial view and what's happening around Mm -hmm. the location and what's going to be happening in the future. That's really important as well. It's kind of like the view from the other side. Instead of the view for the (laughs) occupant, it's the view of the people that go to the business. That's the view you want, right? You want it to be seen. You want it to get that kind of attention and spotlight. Yeah, it's another factor with businesses now with the um, popularity of social media. Now business owners can get a whole other type of visibility online for their businesses. And Mm -hmm. even I find uh, clients on Instagram, you know, they reach out to me or I reach out to them. So you can compound, compound the location of your business along with your social media presence, which is something I've been doing in my commercial real estate business, which is not traditional in that industry. Sherry Hill from Sage International is with us in the studio. Sherry, with all the things going on with the global economy, with the U.S. economy, I've had a few people ask me, are things slowing down across the country? Are businesses starting to cut back? You know, we hear about the big tech companies laying people off. Uh, You know, they had so many people for so long. But, you know, I'm also hearing that a lot of people are still looking for employees. They're looking for people to fill jobs. It sounds to me like maybe the commercial business, the commercial world of real estate is still going strong. Well, uh, if you've had the right kind of business. And so it also depends on if you're in a community or a city that's growing. 
right? And so you have a lot of people that are coming in and buying franchises or they are moving from another state to this state Mm -hmm. or any state and, you know, they're setting up shop in a new place. And so some of the things they learn from maybe their old landlord, they don't want with the new landlord kind of a deal. Right. Like kind of getting a divorce from your old landlord. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of movement going on in our country, and I see that with so many people coming out of California, not just coming to Nevada, but they're moving to the Midwest, they're moving to Florida, they're moving to Texas, they're buying real estate in other states, potentially maybe where they want to retire or they have grandkids. Hmm. So they're buying investment property now and getting set up and structured. So when they are ready to cut ties with their state of residence, it's a lot easier. So on the residential side, I hear from a lot of our real estate connections there, Sherry and Lisa Marie, that many, many people are coming to Nevada from California. It's a close move. It's not that big a deal to move from Truckee or from Sacramento to Reno. I mean, you can get here in a couple hours at the most. But there are people that are making that move even further away. And I think that beyond proximity, they're probably looking at where's a good place to do business. Perhaps California is not such a good place to do business as it used to be. What with all the regulations, all the new laws, the compliance factors. I mean, you name it, there's something new coming up every day. Lisa Marie, are the people you're working for, working with, are a lot of them coming from California? They have been for about 15 years. We've just seen a mass exodus as the temperature of the economy and politics and everything gets involved. And, you know, Californians are also moving to Tennessee, moving to Texas, moving to some of those friendly state, Florida, moving to some of those friendly states. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing is that, especially post-pandemic, A lot of people want to get out of the corporate America game that could be shut down at any time. So that's where the business brokering side of my business comes into play because we have a lot of people looking to buy a paycheck, Mm -hmm. to buy a business that somebody else started. And with the baby boomers, um, which is our biggest part of the population, getting ready to retire, there's, you know, five, seven million businesses out there that need to be sold. And there's people, even younger people, uh, younger generations that are looking to purchase those businesses and start their career outside of the mainstream corporate America. You know, I know a lot of people that have gone to college, they've gotten their their degree, they've graduated, but they still leave college. They don't really know what they want to do. Sometimes I see they move into a variety of different uh, businesses, maybe financial planners. Some of them go into the world of real estate. A lot of them don't know what to do, but I I do hear that sometimes they decide to open up a business. And then suddenly, all that education that they got in whatever field they were uh, learning in, you would think would get lost, but they still use that education in helping them grow or start a new business. When they're doing that, a lot of them, rather than deciding to start a business from scratch, they get advice that maybe you're better off to start by buying a business that's already in action. Is that a good idea? That's the best idea because think about all the blood, sweat, and tears, and maybe generational blood, sweat, and tears Mm -hmm. that a family has put into a business, and then someone can come in and purchase that And ideally, plug and play. You know, I look to sell businesses that are profitable, 
because if they're not, you're not going to be able to buy that paycheck. Right. And sometimes even the people that own the business will stay on for a period of time to make sure, ensure a smooth transition and a successful business transfer. Sherry Hill, you are seeing that as well. The deals that you're working on when you're talking with entrepreneurs that want to get into the business world or expand their business world, more people starting from scratch or more people buying active businesses? I, because I've been doing this for 30 years, I have a lot of my clients that are selling their businesses. <laughs> so I, I'm seeing that side of it. I do see a lot of still startups because a lot of people are, you know, coaches, consultants. They're all of a sudden, they're a dentist. They're, they've done all their schooling. They've done everything they needed to do. Now they need to start their practice and go into business. I'm, I'm not in the world where I see a lot of, you know, people say, I'm going to go buy a multi-million dollar company, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are working a job and at the same time, I'm helping them understand, here's all the things you need to be doing to develop that second stream of income so that when you are ready to exit your W-2, you're in a much better position. So I have a lot of those conversations. Ah, people interested in selling their business as well. Many years of success. That's probably the next step, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. When we come back from this break, I want to talk a little bit about the residential market because we do talk about real estate for primary residence buyers, second home buyers. And I want to ask our guests in the studio how those values compare to the world of commercial. We'll be back with that and more after this. A gratifying career as a CSA Head Start teacher or early Head Start teacher is your chance of a lifetime. Hello, I'm Yvette Clark and I've been in Northern Nevada for over 50 years and I've worked at CSA for one year. We do a family restaurant style eating at Early Head Start and the kids try all new foods. We would love to have you join us. Give us a call if you're interested, 775-786-6023. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio, and I'm enjoying my conversation today with two lovely ladies in the studio, Sherry Hill from Sage International. She's a wealth protection diva, 30 years in business helping people incorporate and stay in business by succeeding in business. Also with us in the studio, Lisa Marie Wand. She's with the Lisa Marie Wand Group and with EXP Commercial Real Estate. Very happy to have you ladies in here, and we've been talking about the world of commercial real estate, but I want to take a pause here and talk about residential real estate here in northern Nevada. I just got the stats from the Sierra Nevada Real Estate Office, and the January uh, stats have come through, and we are at $520,000 for January, but when we look at the latest month, February of 2023, $515,000. It's a slight decrease from last month, too slight even to be a percentage point. But when you look at last year, it's down 6.4% over the course of 12 months. But that's not really a lot when you consider all the turmoil that we've been in uh, across America. And $515,000 is still a pretty solid price for a typical three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage here in northern Nevada. Closed sales, there's been 304 in the last reporting period. That's down substantially from last year. 29% in fact from last year so there's many less transactions now than there were a year ago and the reason is well we all know that rising interest rates yes prices come down a little bit rising interest rates go up a lot it really slows down the market last year in May 
the amount of time that a home was for sale in the market was about seven days before it went into contract. Now, in the latest stats, 34 days on the market is the average, maybe more for certain properties, but that is a long time compared to the old days of seven, three days, four days. That's because the market was so hot, people were lined up to make offers on purchasing real estate. Many times they would buy the real estate sight unseen, and they'd offer more money than the seller was asking, just so that those buyers could get the pick of the product. In fact, the list price received on average in May of 2022 was over 102%. Well, that's dropped off dramatically. Now it's only 97.4%. That's down 2.7% from one year ago and down almost five points from the peak of the market in 2022. So what does that mean for all of us here? Well, it means that people can take their time now, a little bit more time, when they're looking to purchase a home. You don't have to worry that if you look at it today that tomorrow someone else is going to buy that home. It's helpful if you're a shopper, but what's not helpful is the high interest rate. So you have to be really an astute shopper to make sure that you're getting the right deal for yourself and for your family. Uh, how many active listings do we have here in Northern Nevada right now for primary residents? In Reno Sparks, in the metro area, 636 units are available. That's up dramatically from last year. 77.2%, in fact, up from last year. And the reason? More homes on the market, less homes selling per week. That active inventory is going to go up little by little. So when the rubber hits the road, it actually means we have more than two months' supply of inventory in northern Nevada to meet home buyers' needs at least for the home buyers that are in the market. Hopefully, as interest rates work their way down, prices will stabilize and we will see more people looking to achieve that American dream, home ownership. But what about businesses? That's also an American dream, is it not, Sherry Hill? Don't people really want to own business? A lot of people, they just don't like to take orders from a boss. They'd rather be the boss. There's a lot of us that are unemployable, uh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, absolutely. But, you know, starting a business sounds really easy. It's staying in business that's hard. Yes. And so you really need good advisors around you. And certainly, as Lisa Marie has been mentioning, that it sometimes it's a lot easier to buy an existing business because they've already got time in the box. They have client base. They've got marketing under their belt and potentially profitable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways to get into the business world. Uh, for so many, it's, it's a decision that should not be made lightly. I'm a huge believer in business planning before you start a business so that you know if it will be viable, if it will be profitable, and what it's actually going to cost you, not just financially, but mentally, physically, socially, <laughs> to start a business. So Lisa Marie Wand is with us in the studio. Lisa Marie, when you're talking with potential buyers about a business, what are the key things that they want to know about this business that they're looking to buy? Obviously, they're interested in the type of business that it's in, sure. But when it comes down to the numbers, what are they looking for? One of my favorite types of clients is investors. And so Sherry and I have that in common. We work with investors and when I talk to investors, they have income, let's say, sitting in a bank account that's earning practically nothing, and they'd like to put that money to work. 
And there's a lot of people out there, myself included, I am much more comfortable, I'm an investor as well, investing in real estate than I am investing in the stock market or cryptocurrency that can just poof, disappear in a moment. When I'm speaking with investors, for example, that want to buy a storage facility or an apartment complex or an industrial complex, they're looking at, with the amount of money that I have to invest for that cash-on-cash return, how much money am I going to get back and how much work am I going to have to put into maintaining or managing that property? So it's all about leveraging the money they have. There is so much cash out there right now. I find that whether it's a residential home buyer or an investor, there's just a little bit more tentativeness when it comes to making a purchase. And there's a lot of cash buyers out there. I work with you know high net worth individuals that are looking to have um, multiple streams of income. Maybe they own a business, maybe they own real estate, and now they're wanting to invest in something else so that they can have a return and they can have something tangible that they can leverage for later on. You know, for the people that don't own businesses, they might just have a job, maybe they manage their household expenses. I would imagine that looking at a business and managing a business is kind of like running your household experience your uh, expenses, but on a much higher level, of course. But you still have the monthly costs, utilities costs, you have rent costs, you have legal more legal issues in business. You probably, in some cases, would have to have an attorney to consult with for certain elements of your business if you have that kind of a, an exposure. And it, it, you, know, you have employees, you have staff, you have taxes. Uh, it takes a team. It's not a one any one person bands out there. Not many right now, I would imagine. Uh, so having that team of professionals is critical to running a good business, I know. Do a lot of the businesses you talk to, do they have everything in-house, or do they send their uh, different elements of their business out to independent contractors, or do they have off-site teams? What does that look like? It depends. So, for example, in the mini storage or mobile home park, which in the past have been considered the cash cows of commercial real estate, um, the the capitalization rates have really compressed, but most of those people are going to have a team. They're going to have a management company or a management team or a series of employees because some of these investors, they don't ever set foot on their property. They'll receive copious reports every month on how everything's doing and maybe what they need to do as far as uh, capital expenditures or mm-hmm. capex to keep the property going. It really depends on the size of the investment or the size of the business and the people that are purchasing it. Are they going to be hands-on? Most of my clients are not. Most of mine are arm's length, doing the rest of their life, and they're purchasing these investment properties or businesses to create additional income outside of the banking or stock structure. So I hear a lot when I talk with the real estate world, and I learned this way back, that most millionaires in America became millionaires through real estate. And for those of us that don't own businesses, we're probably thinking, gee, how can buying a house every five or six years turn me into a millionaire? But that's not really the way it works. They're buying businesses, are they not? Well, they're buying all kinds of things. But a lot of times I've watched, you know, where I work with someone, they're just starting out as a real estate investor. They might start out buying single family residence and all of a sudden maybe they have three. They pull those together, 1031, up into an apartment complex or a commercial building. Then they hang on to that two, three years. Then they 1031 into something else. And so, yeah, it's a fast way to move the needle on creating wealth. 
It's also helpful if you've got other investors because you're not bearing the whole load by yourself. And so I've watched teams of investors, same thing. They all started out as individual, they pooled up together, and then I've helped them figure out because there's a lot of tools in the toolbox. One thing, you know, this new, this administration and what they want to do with the capital gains tax, because they want to raise it, uh, which again, makes no sense, but we're not going to get political. However, the thing that your listeners need to know is there are ways to avoid and reduce and sometimes eliminate capital gains tax. So people always, oh my gosh, they're going to raise the capital gains tax. Well, you know what? If you know how to deal with it, it's a non-issue. Really? (laughs) Really? We're going to have to talk more about that, Sherry Hill, when we come back from this break, because I also want to talk about some of the things that uh, Lisa Marie has been working on here in northern Nevada. Lisa Marie, you were working on a property at 910 Glendale in Sparks recently. I was looking at the the layout of that, so I want to talk about that when we come back. And then also, I want to talk about something about cash flow and when you talk about real estate for commercial. And actually, it involves something called the cap rate. So let's talk about that when we come back. More on Nevada Real Estate Radio after this. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're in our 18th year of weekly broadcasts, helping people make great decisions when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. Many of the reasons that people buy real estate, primary residents especially, is because they have families. I'm talking about Community Services Agency. They have an outstanding Head Start and Early Head Start programs. They have them here in Reno, Sparks, Carson City, and in Fernley, too. And if you have a chance to visit any of their facilities, you will be amazed at how happy these young children are and how happy the teachers are. They absolutely love to be in their environment because they're not in a highly structured school environment. They're in a Head Start and Early Head Start environment. More time to plan, more time to play, more time to teach, and have a great time. If you want to support this great organization, I encourage you to visit the website, csareno.org. And if you know anyone who would love to become a Head Start teacher or early Head Start teacher, give them that website and this phone number, 775-786-6023, and tell them Peter sent you. With me in the studio, Lisa Marie Wand from the Lisa Marie Wand Group and EXP Commercial Real Estate. Hope you're having a good time with us today. Having a load of fun. It is fun. Sherry Hill is with us, too. She's the Wealth Protection Diva at Sage International. So, ladies, we were talking about, obviously, commercial real estate when we were going into the break and why people buy commercial real estate, what they do, the different things that they can do, the teams that they need to have. But I really think that most people that buy commercial real estate probably want to buy because they enjoy that kind of life. It's a way, I would think, that you can enjoy what you want to do, learn, earn money, support your family, grow a business. It sounds like a good time all of the way, owning your own business. Lisa Marie, the people that you deal with, are they more happy people for the most part than not happy? 
The way that I would answer that, Peter, is to say that my clients that invest in commercial real estate or invest in businesses, they feel like they have more control over their future. Mm -hmm. So you have something tangible that you can drive by or look at or not. You have something that's working for you, for your family, for generational wealth, for your kids and and generations beyond. And it, it it's a power position mm-hmm. to own larger pieces or income generating real estate investments. It's, no easy, it. it's easier to control your own life when you have the ability to control the business and to control your income, essentially. And I, I think when people feel helpless, when they have no control or think they have no control in their life, they're not nearly as happy, not nearly as positive as they could be otherwise. Sherry Hill, when I hear you with clients in your office, there's a lot of happy people in there. It seems like they're laughter, they're enjoying things, uh, they're making making a good use of their world. Happier people that own business, you think? Well, entrepreneurship is a fun thought process because there's so many people that do want to control their own destiny. And I always applaud people that are taking that leap into entrepreneurship or small business ownership or real estate investing because they're on that path to financial freedom. And one of the things, and Lisa Marie can talk about this too, you know, a huge trend that I saw really starting about seven, eight years ago is people moving into the commercial Uh, investing world was all about impact investing. So I just don't go buy an apartment complex and paint the front door and call it a day. It's really looking at the people that are living there, how to enhance their lifestyle, how to build community around uh, what they're investing in. And so it was very positive. And so I was excited to see that trend, uh, which is still happening, obviously, because it's a trend that's working. And so do you have people that talk to you, Lisa Marie, that really are like, hey, I want to make a difference after I buy this property? Yes. And isn't that a wonderful opportunity to have an impact on people's lives and on community? And two of the trends that I see are really taking up momentum in the commercial real estate realm is ESG, which essentially means um, green buildings. And there are some states and cities like New York that have passed laws where buildings have to be have a uh, more of a green footprint and, it's and more requ- energy efficient like oh yeah. all yes all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. and um, I see a lot more of that when I'm traveling in Europe but United States is coming along on this ESG which is a green building so how do we how do we take a building that maybe uses a lot of electricity and other resources and improve it through and use tax uh, reduction uh, strategies to do that and then make the building worth more, make it a nicer place to work or live, and then also have um, less of an impact on the environment. And the other trend that I see is uh, diversity. Diversity in not only the business of commercial real estate because it's historically been the good old boys club um, and the older generation of white males. And uh, when I got into this business over 15 years ago, um, I really had to work hard because no one wanted to help me or mentor me or see a, a woman be successful in this business. And so now it's about really for me and for the industry as a whole, attracting more women, more 
minorities into this business, not only as commercial real estate agents, brokers, but also investors, building owners, business owners. And I'm very excited to be part of that initiative. Yeah, it's always good to be doing something for the community, for the region, for the world. Yes. When you're helping people from all kinds of backgrounds become business owners. I mean, that's a big part of what it it takes to become an American. I mean, we're capitalists. We keep an eye on our checkbook. We buy, we spend, we sell, we encourage others to be capitalists. It's a good feeling to be there. And for a long time, it seemed like in our history, not everybody could participate in that. Now, in 2023, it seems like the world is open to everyone. You just have to want it. You have to have the energy to go get it. Well, and one of the nice things when you talk about people coming in and going, how do I retrofit or bring this building up to code or ESG is when you look at everybody that it takes. So now you're supporting small businesses within your community because it's the contractors, the electricians, the maintenance people, the landscapers, the window fitters. And that's what excites me because one building can create jobs for a lot of people. And so anytime that you see an impact investor coming in going, I'm going to make this even better, then you know that they believe in the community and hopefully are hiring local, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where well, a lot of people looking for jobs, a lot of people looking for employees to fill those jobs, but you, you make the right kind of connections and you put happiness as part of that that goal that we're all wanting to get to, no matter what we do, we want to be happy. Well, I think a lot of people would be happy if they own their own business, if they had more control of their world, their life. And many times it is having a piece of that American dream, owning a part of or owning your own business. Sherry, what do you call people that have no employees? They own the business by themselves. Uh, I think would you call it something like a solopreneur. Is that right? Correct. So those are, yeah, one person, and maybe they have a laptop. Solo laptoppreneur. (laughs) And an office at Starbucks or Reno Public Market, right? (laughs) And, yeah, which, you know, that's fine because they're they're creating their own destiny. But in the world of workforce development and the world of commercial real estate, we're looking for those people who want to build on and improve and enhance the community that they're investing in. Yeah, and Sherry, are you finding that people are doing this on their own, uh, buying a business, expanding their business, or are there more people nowadays taking on partners because of the heavy interest load or financial load, the cash load? Um, What's it looking like out there? More partnerships or more individuals still? I think still a lot of people are more by themselves because a lot of people you have to remember i mean unless you're very young and starting a business selling lemonade you know by the time you decide to start your business you've worked for somebody else so you've either experienced a family-owned business or a partnership that wasn't very functional Mm -hmm. or worked with a lot of employees that maybe you liked or you didn't like Mm -hmm. and so for most people that shift out to ownership is i need to handle myself i need to get myself under control before i take on a whole bunch of other stuff. I remember when I bought my first business, it was because I had worked for somebody else that I wanted to buy my own business because I had my own thoughts, my own ideas, and they just didn't seem to connect with the supervisor, the bosses that I had previously. So it's a it's a big step. It's a big sense of freedom, but there's also a big sense of obligation when you become a business owner, right? 
Oh, of course. I mean, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, let me tell you. So, <laughs> How many people are being disappointed right now? I say every a lesson lot. I've learned, it's from all the employees <laughs> I fired. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, some of the different things that people look at when they're looking to buy uh, commercial real estate. And I mentioned how maybe it's not the view. Maybe it's the view from the consumers or the customers that they want to take advantage of and they want to know that you've got a good location. But Lisa Marie Wanda, I also know that cap rate is a big issue. I do want you to give us the details on that, but we have to take a quick break. Can you hang on one more second? Absolutely. Okay. We'll be back after this. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. My guest today, Sherry Hill from Sage International. And Lisa Marie Wand from the Lisa Marie Wand Group and EXP Commercial. Lisa Marie truly believes that they raise by lifting others, is what she says. And this guides everything she does, whether speaking at local or national events, coaching new and experienced real estate agents. Lisa Marie is always sharing her knowledge and experience to inspire others. As commercial designated managing broker for exp commercial she oversees all commercial real estate agents and transactions in the state of nevada as a senior advisor of agent development at exp commercial lisa marie coaches and mentors commercial real estate agents across the country in 2021 lisa's dynamic and engaging mentoring style was recognized by exp university when she was awarded the commercial instructor of the year Today, as founder and CEO of Lisa Marie Wan Group, she has become one of Nevada's most influential brokers working with business owners, investors, landlords, tenants, as well as brokering business sales. And I'm glad to say, too, that she's one of our guests here in the studio today at Nevada Real Estate Radio. Lisa Marie Wand, uh, you spend a lot of time as a teacher. When you get to the leadership level in any organization, you're spending part of your time on operations and administration. And then my favorite part, I'm a player coach. So I'm out there helping my clients buy and sell and lease commercial real estate and sell businesses. But then I also dedicate a lot of my time to giving back because when I started in this business in 2003, there was no one to help guide the way. How how do you start in commercial real estate? I hear that question all the time. So I've dedicated a lot of my day to teaching, coaching, professional speaking when it comes to commercial real estate, what it takes to be successful. I have a couple of live podcasts that I host as well that are really focused around um, commercial real estate success, how to get into the business, and then how do you scale? Because a lot of people in real estate, whether it's residential selling houses or commercial real estate, working with investors and business owners, they're thinking about their local market. And I say, why think small when you can think big? At my company, we can have a local, regional, national, and even international presence. We're in 25 countries now. So you can mm. you can blow the lid off. Your business can be as big as you want it to be. That's really amazing. In the world of real estate, I would imagine that you have to think a lot more about all of the other parties that you're involved with than yourself. 
it's not like a business where you're just trying to build a big bundle of widgets for yourself so that you can go sell them later. You have to consider all of the needs and desires of all of the people that are involved in a transaction. And that can be five, 10, 20 people sometimes, can it? And one, one, or one more. Yes. One more, 21. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I say when you lead with a servant heart, in other words, you're looking for that win, win, win. Yeah. It's not always possible, but most of the time it's possible. Mm-hmm. And my role is trusted advisor. So I'm working with clients who are making some potentially pretty large purchases or selling some large assets and looking at what's their end game, what's their big why, what's their play after Mm -hmm. this. And I put myself in a role of um, really helping to guide them through the process. So it's not about me or what I want. It's about what's best for my clients. And on top of it, like Sherry Hill, uh, we both have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients and that comes first and foremost. Yeah. When uh, we talk about buying commercial real estate, and I've heard a lot of real estate brokers talking from one side to the other about the cap rate, and I know a little bit about that, what that means. However, I'd like you to explain to our listeners, when somebody is talking about a cap rate on a business, what are they talking about? There's a lot of different calculations that you can use to determine the type of Um, income or output that you want from a property. Mm -hmm. And certain investors will like to use certain formulas. It all comes down to math and knowing where do you get those numbers from. And so there's probably, you know, 50 or more commercial real estate or investment calculations out there. And there's a handful that I use. And one of them is the cap rate or the capitalization rate. Mm -hmm. And we look at that by looking at a couple of different pieces of information. Number one, what is the sale price or the list price of a piece of property? And then we're looking at what are the expenses and what is the income? Uh Those are pretty much the three numbers we use to create a capitalization rate. Mm -hmm. There is one number we do not take into consideration for capitalization rate, and that is any type of loan mortgage, financing, or financial leverage on a property. Mm -hmm. So we're really just looking at how much income's coming in, what are the actual, the NOI, the net operating expenses, and then we hold that against the list price. And so in the past, we've seen um, capitalization rates that were lower. So people were willing to take maybe a four and a half or five and a half percent return on their property And they were winning Mm -hmm. because they're making nothing in the bank and maybe they're losing money in crypto or the stock market. Mm -hmm. Um, At least with a property, you have something tangible that you can sell or you can leverage to purchase other properties or you can borrow against or you can improve. But now we're seeing the capitalization rates increase because even though we don't take the loan into consideration for a capitalization rate, if you did have a loan at six and a half percent, would you want a property that had a four and a half percent return? Maybe, but most likely not. S- some investors yeah. would still do that. So now we're looking at prices coming down because that return rate is coming up. So now we're seeing six, seven, eight, really in that seven, seven and a half percent range for capitalization rate, which means the price has to come down, the expenses have to come down, or the income has to come up or a combination of, mm-hmm. of all of those things. Yeah, I would imagine that as times move forward, looking back 20, 30, 40 years ago, maybe a 45 or a 5% cap rate was substantial and adequate in those days. But now, 
that's that's what I've been reading too. Is that you really need to be somewhere in the five to ten percent to really have a shot at overcoming the other obstacles that are in the world right now. Interest rates being one of them. That's a great point. Um, so uh, so the cap rate is kind of like looking at the basics on buying an automobile. How much does it cost? What kind of gas mileage does it get? How long am I going to have it? But there's a lot of other things that are involved in the decision of buying a business. Sherry Hill, what are some of the things that people talk to you about when they're looking to buy, looking to merge with a company uh, to help them make that decision? What are some of the keys that you think about? Well, the first question I ask is the owner paying themselves. <laughs> Very good question. So, you know, oftentimes people don't pay themselves and they think, oh, they'll make all their money when they sell. But my whole thing is if that owner cannot afford to pay themselves right now, is that business really profitable? Yeah, how is the new owner going to be able to pay for themselves? Exactly. So, you know, and you really want to look at and see and have audited financials because you want to make sure that there really are, you know, accounting for all of the income, all of the expenses, so mm-hmm. that you have a real good idea of what this business is going to cost you going forward. You yeah. know, we've seen a lot locally where you know, somebody takes over a lease and all of a sudden they have to move because the landlord determines that now they want to jack the rates. Mm-hmm. Well, that business owner wasn't planning on that, right? right? And so, you know, how long is that lease? What are, you know, there's so much to look at, but number one for me, it's always financials. And it's not about profit, it is about cash flow. Mm -hmm. Lisa Marie will say the same on a commercial building. It isn't about what's my appreciation going to be. Is it cash flowing today and is it going to cash flow tomorrow? Right, right. Uh, (laughs) Who wants to wait for the garden to grow when you can maybe buy a garden that's already developing, right, already producing? And Sherry, I know that sometimes uh, you've dealt with businesses that are for sale, but the owner uh, will say to you something to the effect of, here's how much money we made in the last 10 years. But the reality is we made even more than that because we had a lot of cash transactions. So tell our listeners what that does to the value of a business when you have an operator that takes a lot of cash and puts it in his pocket. Well, you really hurt yourself because you can't account for all that cash and you are also uh, evading taxes. So you hurt yourself from a tax standpoint, you hurt yourself from a sale of that business uh, standpoint, and so nobody wins if you pocket cash. It doesn't look like you're making nearly as much money if you're just if you're not disclosing all of the income, right? Yeah, but you're also ripping off the government. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> yeah, that too, right? On top and of everything. And now you put your CPA or your tax professional in a bind too, because they're declaring and signing their name to a tax return, saying this is how much you earned. So yeah. it, it doesn't help anybody. I don't advise it. Right. It's account for everything. And when you start a business, just like when you buy a building, you do have an exit in mind. You're going to hold it for ten. Years, you're going to hold it for 20. What is your expectation on that exit side out there? And so, you want to build a business so that it shows maximum profit, great cash flow, and that you're smart about what you're doing. And with all the documentation there, too, from your CPA would be a great thing to have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lisa Marie Wand, I was looking at your website recently and I saw that you had a property for sale 
pretty close to a place where I do a lot of business. I do a business at Summit Racing. I have a classic car, so I go there to buy auto parts, this, that, and the other. And I noticed that one of the properties you had listed for sale was right near that at 910 Glendale Avenue in Sparks. Are you still working on that project? Yes, that's a new listing. It's just been on the on the market for a few weeks. And cool story is I sold that building to one of my clients just a couple of years ago. He's a big landscaping contractor, very successful, mm-hmm. and he put several hundred thousand dollars into making it, at least part of it, brand new construction. So it's an industrial complex. Uh-huh. Uh, Glendale Avenue is considered part of one of the largest industrial area, commercial real estate areas we have mm-hmm. in Reno Sparks. And so it's, it would be a great location for a company, by the way, it's $5.1 million listed on the market right now. Okay. And if you had a... Uh, construction company, an electrical contractor, lumber, doors and windows, anything where you have employees and lots of parts and stuff and probably equipment because Mm -hmm. it does have a fenced yard and over 24,000 square feet of industrial space plus showroom, plus offices. um, And my client did a beautiful job, spared no expense on upgrading and adding a new um, industrial building to the property. Yeah, the photos are really outstanding, and I like it when I look at the map of the property. It's directly south of the Sparks Marina, the Interstate 80, and the railroad tracks. So there's a lot of transportation outlets right near there. And then the other thing I thought about, because we travel to Yarrington, Nevada, on a regular basis for our B conference meetings, well, we're always going through the Tahoe Industrial Park. And I know that as they're building and as they're growing, they're getting a lot of business and doing a lot of business with other businesses here in northern Nevada. I would think if somebody is servicing that area in one way or another, this would be a pretty good location because you're on I-80, and before you know it, you're there. That's right. And that's one of the reasons that northern Nevada has become such a popular place. We have the world's largest industrial park here. You talked about Trick, Tahoe Reno Industrial Center. It just continues to grow and grow. It's actually larger than the footprint of the city of Reno, which is hard to believe. <clears throat> we we are now part of Silicon Valley. We have been for years. And we're the western state's data and logistics hub. Mm-hmm. The master plan that the, that the area has been upgrading is focused on two things specifically – uh, manufacturing and industrial developments and also walkability. So it's a great place and we're close to every state. We're close to the railroads. We're tax friendly. We're business friendly. Um, so it's a great location to bring your business. Everybody loves Nevada. I've it's not met anybody place. Not met anybody who says, ooh, you live there? Uh, you know, maybe 30 years ago people would say, Nevada, it's nothing but desert. But I think people's viewpoint of what Nevada is and what Nevada offers now for people all across the country has changed dramatically and I think that Tahoe Industrial Center was a big part of that. Everybody knows what a Tesla is now and they're right in our backyard. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's 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 really great to see how um, Nevada has changed because I moved here from California in 2001. So I've been here over 20 years. And when I first came here, I was like, oh my gosh, what is, you know, the casinos and just the downtown. But we have a beautiful, robust community now. It's absolutely gorgeous. And there's lots of outdoors activities. And we're a very entrepreneurial area. Mm -hmm. The other thing I love is we're considered a tertiary location. We're a tertiary city. So if we do have another crash like we did in six, seven, eight, nine, it's not going to hit us as hard because we're insulated to a certain degree. Yeah. And the demographics of the people we have working here now is no longer based 
in higher than the national average for construction and hospitality. We have technical, professional, and management people coming here. So, you know, the median income has gone up into the low 70,000, where 20 years ago it was, it was very low. Yeah. Uh, Nevada was always known as a transition state. Uh, people wouldn't stay here very long had its challenges, still has some challenges, but I've seen a dramatic improvement in the last 20 plus years that I've lived here in Northern Nevada too. Lisa Marie, uh, it's no wonder that it has been discovered and more and more people want to come to Reno to buy a home, to start a business, to buy a business. I'm glad you're in the studio with us today to let our listeners know that you're here. If somebody wants to talk to you more about commercial real estate in Northern Nevada, what is the best way? They can give me a call or text me at 775-224-5300. And if you look up Lisa Marie Wand Group on the internet, we have almost 500 five-star reviews on Google, which is absolutely unheard of. Those are all organic, natural, and based on the high level of customer experience that we have. So reach out and find us online or give us a call or a text today. Fantastic. We'll put all of your contact information on our website, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. We'll make it easy for people to find you. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva from Sage International, has been here too. I'm really glad that you were in the studio today. Sherry, hope you had a good time as well. I did. It was great to see Lisa Marie again. It's been a few years, but we used to be an e-women network together and yeah. haven't really connected after that. But it sure looks good to see her and happy that she's here. Oh, always happy to have two sharp women in the studio that know their world of business. Sherry Hill, if somebody wants to talk to the Wealth Protection Diva, what is the best way to get a hold of you? You can call 775-786-5515, offer a free 30-minute consultation, or you can always go visit the website sageintl.com. Fantastic. We'll make it easy for people to find you, too. Thanks for being here. I'd like to thank our guests for tuning in as well. We're on the air again next week. Same time, same station. Tell your friends and family to tune in, too, and then maybe they will make a great deal when it comes time to buy or sell residential or commercial real estate. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. You have been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? NevadaRealEstateRadio.com This is Sherry Hill, host of the Sherry Hill Radio Show. As a master connector, I'm constantly on the lookout for experts who can offer current insights, information, tips, and resources with a purpose to educate on what works and doesn't work in business. Next time on the Sherry Hill Show, I have Amy DeWitt-Smith, Executive Director of Neighbor Network of Northern Nevada. Their motto, it's about living well. Find out how they help folks navigate the challenges and opportunities of aging through their programs, friendships, and services that support independence in our homes and connection to our community. The Sherry Hill Show, Mondays, 1130 a.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. on 93.7 FM. The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.